Rediscovering a Black Pioneer's Dream is sponsored by The Color Purple, beginning April 17th at the Cadillac Palace Theater. He was such a forward-thinking man that even though there is no town there, you still understand what he was going for, that he wanted a community that was stable. He wanted a community where everyone lived as one. So he never gave up, and I'm sure he must have been disappointed and disillusioned. You know, he could have stopped. I can't do anymore, I can't do anymore, but he could not give up. He had a desire for freedom. That's the American story. You're looking at what was once a thriving crossroad of agriculture and commerce, an independent, unique community founded by a man who had a passion to change his life and the lives of others. He couldn't read or write, but he could create something out of the Illinois prairie no African-American had done before in the United States, a town, a real incorporated town, and even more incredible, a biracial community. Well, it was called New Philadelphia, and the man, his name was Frank McWhorter, a freed slave. And all this happened two decades before the Civil War. Now, New Philadelphia isn't even a ghost town. It's this. And where is Frank McWhorter in the history books? The site of New Philadelphia lies in fertile fields between the Mississippi River to the west and the Illinois River to the east in what is called Pike County. When Free Frank brought his family to settle here, the population was sparse. This was Illinois frontier. There were African Americans who created villages in the early part of the 19th century, but Free Frank was the first to legally register a town. And that happened on September 16, 1836, when Free Frank delivered a plat of his newly surveyed town to Pittsfield, the seat of Pike County. He took advantage of what a lot of people were doing. It's just it was unusual for him to have been black and do that. Highly unusual. Even though Illinois was a free state, there were black codes, laws in place to restrict freedom and prevent an African-American from making a decent living. But New Philadelphia, or Philadelphia as it was called on some maps, was now a legal town to be developed. He planned big. It's a 40-acre town, uh, 20 blocks, 144 lots. The lots are each about 60 feet by 120 feet, very similar to lots that we live on in our own towns now. And uh, he planned the main streets to be 80 feet wide. Who purchased the lots here? Well, anyone who had the money. In fact, an 1850 census put the population at 30% black and 70% white and biracial. Free black, white, even some Native Americans settled here in a town that was based on acceptance. My great-great-aunt was here probably from the start or almost the start. Her name was Clarissa Buckley Shipman. Uh, and then she tried to get her brother and his family to come also from New York. So they came in a covered wagon January of 1837, arrived 10 weeks later with their five children, including a five-month-old baby, which was my great-grandfather. 
someone who is buying their land from a black man who's living with him and his family and various families, I think they were accepting of people's real races, and I think that was because of the human beings that there were. When you get good humans coming together, you're going to get a, a, a good community mix, and I think that's what he set up here. He named the town New Philadelphia. What does the town Philadelphia stand for? City of, city of brotherly love. So the new city of brotherly love. Free Frank chose wisely in putting his new Philadelphia right here because this was a busy crossroads. You see, people with goods to sell brought them along this old road and transported them on the Mississippi River about 20 miles away. This town started to boom as a rural market. The town's population peaks at about 170 people in 1865 with about 30 households. There was a cabinet maker, a shoemaker, a blacksmith, quite a number of merchants in town. A school was eventually built down the road in this field. There was a stagecoach, too, that operated express between here and Springfield. In 1854, the town's founder passed away, never knowing that in 15 years, his new Philadelphia would begin a slow demise. Even though the town was in a free state, racism apparently played a key role. It would probably be a safe, educated guess uh, to say that uh, racism and the uh, uh, hostility perhaps to an abolitionist town uh, uh, had something to do with it. What happened? Well, prominent businessmen and farmers in the area formed the Pike County Railroad Company. No one from New Philadelphia was represented on the board. And this board was to plot a new rail line being built from the east by the Hannibal and Naples Railroad. The logical route would have intersected New Philadelphia. Instead, the railroad went to a small crossroads called Hadley Township and then on to Barry, Illinois, which immediately began to grow, while the death knell tolled for New Philadelphia. Well, Alberta Ewing, 103 years old, and Free Frank's great-granddaughter, remembers family telling her why the town withered. The reason was that uh, there was no work, and you have to have work to uh, survive. There's also other reasons, I think, that, that come into play. Uh, during the Jim Crow era, African Americans had fewer rights. Uh, sundowner towns were created around this area, which meant that African Americans were not allowed in the town uh, after sundown. In 1885, just short of 50 years after its creation, New Philadelphia finally unincorporated. The population had dwindled, but a few families hung on. In the 1950s, the final home was abandoned, and New Philadelphia was plowed over. What is left today? A few foundations, a graveyard, and an archaeological site hiding a fascinating experiment by an African-American who has been overlooked in the history books. Who was Free Frank McWhorter? You'll find out next. September 7th, 1854, Free Frank McWhorter died. He was 77 years of age. This man, a former slave, left a rich heritage, not only for his family, 
but for those who descended from the pioneers living in New Philadelphia. Who was Free Frank? His story begins with a war. Free Frank was born a slave in 1777 during the Revolutionary War. His home was in South Carolina's Union County. His mother, Judah, was born in West Africa. His father, evidenced by oral tradition, was her owner, George McWhorter. In 1795, George McWhorter bought land in Kentucky's Pulaski County. Frank was trusted to be sent there to develop the farmstead. Free Frank, interestingly, um, never learned to read or write. And uh, also, Free Frank only had one skill, the building of pioneer farm homesteads. I've been working all He also met Lucy, shown here before she died at age 99, a slave on another farmstead. They married and children were born, even though both lived separately. Frank soon began plotting how to get his and Lucy's freedom. Free Frank eventually negotiated a process, a practice that was illegal, where slaves hired their own time from their owner. Frank had a variety of jobs, but soon started mining and producing saltpeter, a substance used in making gunpowder. With the earnings from this and his other jobs, he was able to buy Lucy's Freedom in 1817 for $800, the equivalent of just over 11,000 today. And in 1819, his own freedom for the same amount. His vision was incredible. I think one testament to it is the fact that he purchased his wife first which, you know, it's, it's beautiful, so that all subsequent children be born free. After gaining freedom, Free Frank began purchasing land in what was known as the Illinois Military Tract. Free Frank had heard about this area, which was known as the Illinois Tract, land the federal government set aside to pay soldiers for both the Revolutionary War and the War of 1812. It was 1831. Free Frank, who was 53, his wife Lucy, almost 60, took four of their children and left for the Hadley Township area of Pike County, Illinois. 160 acres had been bought for $200. My grandmother had told me stories about how they came to New Philadelphia. They uh, came by horse and wagon and it was covered, they were covered with hay, so they couldn't see them. Now this was not an easy journey for the family. The threat of slave catchers re-enslaving the family and selling them down south always loomed. Plus, when they arrived at their land, less than 20 miles separated the McWhorter family from the slave state of Missouri. Free Frank and his family were the first people to settle here. By becoming successful at farming, Free Frank was able to buy 80 additional acres from the federal government for $100. Within four years, he was able to buy his second son, Solomon. And also, he was able to buy this land on which he planted New Philadelphia. His family was his all-consuming passion. Everything, all of this was for his family. According to oral tradition, Free Frank operated a stop on the Underground Railroad, risking his own life and freedom. When he would shelter a slave, he would bring them down here to Hadley Creek for their continued escape. This would throw off the scent for the slave catcher's dogs. 
the oral history stated, if you make it to New Philadelphia, you've got a pair of shoes because there were two cobblers here. A pair of shoes and a horse because Frank also had the uh, license, was state license, to gather up all the wild horses. Yeah, and many of his sons, they actually um, were conductors moving people from New Philadelphia to Canada. After the country suffered a depression in 1840, which affected the development of New Philadelphia, the town began to prosper. Despite a constant battle with anti-black attitudes, Free Frank continued, along with his four sons, to promote his town, to sell his lots and farm, using the money earned to free more family members. In 1854, nine had been released from slavery. In all, Free Frank spent $14,000 to buy the lives of his loved ones. In today's dollars, that would be $323,801.98. When he died, there were still six family members left to be purchased. We are talking about grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Even on his deathbed, I want, you know, the remainder of the children, you know, uh, freed from, you know, the settlement of my estate. Fortunately, Free Frank was spared seeing how the rerouting of the railroad began the slow death of his town. It's been 150 years since his passing, but finally, his new Philadelphia is being rediscovered. It's very difficult for people, black and white, to believe that. That he did what he did. That he did what he did, because black people didn't do that. It was before the Civil War. Why isn't the story in the history books? And that's a good question. Why isn't the story in the history books? I think it's a good story for the country, and maybe the world because it's a unique story and it's about people getting along. New Philadelphia isn't even a ghost town. It's actually a farm field that's been plowed now for over 50 years. Now once in a while a small artifact would surface a clue that a thriving town had once been right here. When I'm out there in the fields, it, it, especially when no one else is around, or it's late evening or early morning, you can feel their presence. It, you'll walk along and see a nail or a, a, an artifact, and you'll pick it up, and you can feel the presence of someone. You know, whose nail was this, and are they right here beside me? In just the last few years, a group containing family, scholars, and local citizens began to rediscover this black pioneer's dream. The Illinois State Museum, the University of Maryland, the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign and at Springfield, plus a group of volunteers called the New Philadelphia Association were inspired to bring the past to life in order for a better future. With the help of the book Free Frank, a black pioneer on the antebellum frontier, written by great-great-granddaughter and historian Dr. Juliet E.K. Walker, funding was secured from the National Science Foundation. Finally, in 2004, a three-year excavation of New Philadelphia began. The first order of business was to walk over what had been surveyed as possibly being the town and look for anything that a plow may have churned up. 
We're very pleased to find over 7,000 artifacts on the surface, which told us there was definitely archaeological records still intact here at New Philadelphia. These artifacts, which range from a child's tea set to everyday household goods, are studied, cataloged, and stored at the Illinois State Museum. Uncovering a foundation or a piece of someone's life is exciting for the archaeologists and their students, but so is the interaction with descendants. As we were excavating, a gentleman walked up and said, I read about this project in the paper, and I'm a descendant of the family who lived here, and you're excavating my great-great-grandfather's cellar. He bought land off of Free Franklin Water. The house stood right up there in that area. And that's a special connection that you often don't get when you're excavating, you know, people from prehistory that you don't have uh, descendants in the area who can come and make an immediate connection. Hannah Mills knows that special connection. She is part of the student team involved with this excavation. My grandma's family actually attended the New Philadelphia School when they were children and she still owns land around New Philadelphia. So they were neighbors and interacted with the people in the town of New Philadelphia. In the summer of 2006, the university teams began finding exciting, revealing artifacts and foundations. We identified it from the geophysics that there was an anomaly here and we figured that there could potentially be a structure so we began digging and the first day we came on top of this feature which uh, we believe to be a cellar and it's tentatively dated to the 1860s which is when Ceramic Order was owning this property. They're working on the northeast corner and uh, in this corner yesterday, uh, we came across virtually whole plates, whole decanter bottles. This morning we have a, uh, looks like a glass punch bowl in the, in the wall that's fragmented, but it looks like the whole thing is there. So this is like the mother load of artifacts that, that we found uh, for this building. These are some of the more complete artifacts that we found. A, a bottle, as you can see, and this is a type of, um, it's called a cathedral bottle. It might have held condiments. We haven't dated it yet, but we'll do that when we get to the lab in Springfield. I'm fascinated by this story, and I think this is what archaeology should be, this uh, exploring of something that isn't as well documented in the historic record as it should be. In 1988, the family cemetery, located on a hill a short distance from the town, was placed on the National Historic Register. In 2005, the state of Illinois named a 35-mile stretch of Interstate 72 in Pike County the Frank Recorder Memorial Highway. This is adding a whole new dimension to the state because uh, I don't know how many people that even now see, see the McWhorter Memorial Highway have no idea who McWhorter was. I mean, we've, I've heard the question, was McWhorter a governor? And through the efforts of the McWhorter family, the New Philadelphia Association, and the universities involved, the federal government has finally added New Philadelphia to the National Register of Historic Places. 
Think about what it would mean in a family without a lot of resources to be focused on going back whenever you got enough money to buy another family member over a 40-year period. That, it seems to me, is a, very, is a very real lesson for us because what it represents is determination and unity can lead to great historic events. Because when Frank was doing that, I'm sure not everybody thought he was sane. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the designated crier. <laughs> a plaque is one thing, but what does the future hold for New Philadelphia and the legacy of Free Frank? There is a difference of opinion. We're hoping for a, a visitor center. I would like to see a partial replication of the town. For me, the next step is the rebuilding of the town of New Philadelphia. I hope that the land will be either in the possession of the state or the federal government in the form of the National Park Service or a, a, or a state park. I, I would like to see a, a duplicate of it, you know, maybe a replica. Not as, as large as it was, because it was probably what, 100 lots here. Something like New Salem, where, where Lincoln lived. No matter what eventually happens, the story of New Philadelphia and Free Frank no longer lie buried in this field. I feel humbled when I think about Free Frank and Free Lucy and what they did with their life, how hard they worked, and what they gave to their children and their grandchildren. So it's real important to me that it's not lost. I have never changed my name. And my stepson asked me, he says, well, why don't you use daddy's name? I said, because that's not who I am. I'm a McWhirter. And I guess that kind of tells you how I feel about my name. A bronze bust of free Frank McWhorter designed from family memory by a descendant was recently installed in the Barry, Illinois Library. Now there is another one that resides in Chicago's DuSable Museum of African American History. It was designed by Shirley McWhorter Moss. She's also a fifth generation descendant of Frank. Um, it was Thelma McWhorter Wheaton that commissioned her to uh, sculpt the bust. Thelma Elise McWhorter Kirkpatrick Wheaton, Free Frank's late great-granddaughter. This is the woman who family members point to as sparking the crusade to put this story in the history books and continue the legacy. It's all based on Mama, Thelma McWhorter. She really pushed it. Since she went to school here and they worked the farm, you know, she had an ideal. She knew what was here. Her home was incredible. It was full of art, African art. And in the late 30s and 40s, that was unusual. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Wheaton was one of the founders of the DuSable Museum. Mom, had, having grown up in the house that uh, Free Frank built, was aware that the family had kept papers. Free blacks had to carry with them their certificates of 
freedom. And so consequently, these papers were guarded with their life. My mother gave big emphasis on education, not only myself, but also with my brothers and sisters and my cousins. Now, Gerald, he went and got his PhD in history. My sister, Juliette, wrote the book, Free Frank. Uh, she got her PhD. The real tradition of our family has to do with service. We're social workers, teachers, and working class people. Uh, bus drivers, uh, uh, postal workers, uh, steel workers, and so on. That's our family. Each fall, Barry, Illinois, the Pike County town that grew while New Philadelphia waned, celebrates the Apple Festival. It's a time of harvest and homecoming for those whose history is forever linked to this area. And think about it. If New Philadelphia had been allowed to thrive, would that celebration be happening in that town? And would Free Frank McWhorter be prominent in the history books? What we do know is that a man's legacy and his town are no longer buried. Rediscovering a Black Pioneer's Dream was sponsored by The Color Purple. Tickets available now by calling Ticketmaster or at broadwayinchicago.com.